At this time, I'm going to introduce to us our special speaker. Uh, this is Wes Smith over here. He's our district superintendent. Um, we're part of the Northwest District uh, of the Wesleyan Church, and Wes is our, our, our uh, district superintendent then over, over this area. He and I go back a long ways, and one of the things that impressed, well, several things impressed me about Wes, one of the things I really love about him is his passion for Jesus. Um, he also went to a really, uh, did a couple church revitalizations I've always been really impressed with. Uh, he has a big kingdom perspective. He wants people to know Jesus Christ. He dreams big and uh, honestly leaves the details to us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Aaron's laughing about that too because we, we, we know Wes is coming with a big vision thing. We better figure this out. And so I, I, I kind of like that. It's a, been a joy to be in ministry with Wes over the last couple of decades and just to see what God has done in his life and, and, and the anointing God has had on him. And so he's going to bring us, I think, a really relevant message today on uh, Martha and, and Mary. A lot of you know the story. I'll leave that up to Wes. But would you just please welcome me and joining Wes Smith to the podium today? Well, good morning. It's great to be back at Grace Point. And before I start, I want to take uh, uh, just a little time, a personal privilege, because I, I have the privilege, as you heard, I, I lead, supervise, oversee over 100 churches all across the West, from, from this would be the eastern edge clear to the, the coast. And I think of all of our churches, Grace Point handled the last 12 to 16 months as well as or better than any church I know of. You all faced these challenges, adapted when you needed to. You went through almost an impossible scenario that churches face and did it really, really well. Your staff has led tremendous. I've just been crazy impressed, to be honest, and you've been a model for a number of our other churches. So before I get started, can you join me in thanking your staff for navigating this, these waters over the last several months and thank them for the job they did? Yeah. Yeah. Really tremendous. Love how you're thriving and reaching people. Lots, lots of you that are listening online or here with us today are, are, are new to Grace Point in the last couple of years. Just absolutely tremendous. Love the way the church is making these bold decisions. And, and this last announcement was a perfect example of that. The way you're re-engineering the old local church conference idea to engage more people. And, 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 and we can all be like, own the mission, right? It can be ours in that kind of a scenario. And so good decision, great process. A few of our other churches are trying it and it's working really, really well. And just want to affirm that. Uh, one more thing before I get started. Some of you have already noticed that it appears that I may have leprosy on my head this morning, right? Like you've whispered to somebody next to you, like, like, come on, you don't, you don't have to nod, you don't have to admit it, but you're like, what happened to that guy, right? Like, whoa. Like, so let's just get that out of the way so hopefully we can just engage in, in the teaching. Uh, on, let's see. Uh, I'm still a little groggy actually from it, but I believe it was Thursday afternoon. Yeah, Thursday afternoon. I was riding a new horse that I had not ridden before and was doing some work with him, and we got into an argument, and I was winning the argument right up until he bucked me off, okay? And uh, so first uh, went into a tree and then landed on the mountainside on my head, as you can see, and it just was not a pleasant experience, and consequently, I don't look awesome. I'm aware of that. Normally I do, right? Normally I get compliments on my head. 
but not today. So what... So I would just encourage you, focus on the teaching, right? That's what you got to do. Just keep from the distraction, focus on the teaching. Okay, speaking of the teaching, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, reading a story that if you've been to church more than, oh, probably a couple of years, you've probably heard somebody teach on this, but, well, don't let me... Don't let me spoil it. Let's just read it to start with. So if you have a phone, uh, brought your Bible, I think it's going to be on the screen. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's just read the story together so we know, everybody, everybody knows what we're talking about. It's, it, 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 here's the story. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he, that's Jesus, came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed or, or, or few things are needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so this is a story that when a writer named Luke told the story of Jesus, he felt like it was so important that we not miss what happened here that he tells us about this, this little account in a home in Bethany. And if you've been to a church service or a Sunday school class or a small group study or whatever, and you've read this story and, and somebody's taught this story, it's probably been taught in this way, and that is there's, a, there's two types of people, right? That's what we kind of do in our world. We divide everybody up into two types of people. We do it politically. We do it all kinds of ways. We do, like there's right here, yeah, right, right in this room, there's Apple people and there's Android people, right? This is how we do it. There's people who like to get up early in the morning and people who don't like people who like to get up early in the morning, right? There's, there's that. There's people who like cats and there's people who are smart, right? So on and on, right? There's, we just, you gotta, we're gonna, you just gotta stay with me today, okay? Uh, so, so you just, just, there's two kinds of how we do it. Well, whenever this is taught, whenever this is taught, this story, it's always, uh, like a discussion about two types of people. There's the Martha type. And and the Martha type is this hard charging, have lots of stuff going on around her or him, have, have even the people around them have lots of stuff going on. Like there's just a, a whirlwind of activity and lots going on. And then there's the Mary type. And the Mary type is the sweet, contemplative type who likes to have quiet spaces, think deeply etc etc and some of you came today and you know this story well and you came with a Martha type and you heard me read this and you secretly thought to yourself sweet today Martha gets hers right he's gonna go after her like this is great put your shopping list down let's get, get. I don't actually think that's what it's about at all I think it's much different and deeper than that. Actually, the Bible regularly commends somebody who goes forward and is 
active and work for the day is short, the Bible says, right? I, the, we, we are like, we are a, a group of people who, who are to be doing God's work and serving and going and doing. Like, that's, that's not what this is about at all. I had the privilege some years ago, one of my favorite all-time teachers to break this passage down for me in a way that honestly has changed my life. And, and I'd like to just walk back through this passage with you and ask that you'd give me a few minutes of your attention. Think with me about your life. Let's read again together. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, usually when Jesus traveled, he traveled with between 18, 20, 22 people, big group, right? And that was usually who, besides the group he traveled with, so probably would have been about 20 people. As they were on their way, they came to a village, we know it to be Bethany, where a woman named Martha, hold on to her name, opened her home to him. This would have been like crazy interesting, almost, almost scandalous in first century for a woman to own a home. This would have been so unusual that the community would have been known as the place where a woman owns her own home. This would have been a big deal. She would have been famous for this. As a matter of fact, it, it's such a big deal, her parents probably knowing this was going to be the case, when they named her, they named her Martha, which literally means mistress of the house. This is who she was going to be. This is her identity. We don't know her last name, but probably was Stuart, right? I just would assume so, right? This is a big deal, right? This is her identity. This is who she is. This would have been like, they would have stopped reading it. Whoa, really? Yeah, up in Bethany, there's a woman. She owns her own home, and you should go see like her garden. It is the bomb, right? This would have been the story about Martha. It would have been awesome. Okay. Now, it says, though, that Jesus comes there with his disciples. Remember, we talked about 20. And remember, think about this. This is before McDonald's or Motel 6 or whatever. When you showed up at somebody's door in Jesus's day, there was the expectation of food and lodging because there wasn't you, you couldn't take care of that anywhere else. Like that's, that's what was expected. And one more thing before we go further, you could not text ahead, right? Like Jesus could not, hey, uh, Martha, we'll be there in two hours. Uh, I got about, what do we got here? 21 people, you have 21 people in two hours. No, this would have been, boom, hi, Jesus. Oh, hi, everybody. Oh, yeah, come on in, we'll make a meal. Sure, you can stay here. You, you can imagine how that feels, right? Just, just get inside of Martha with me just a little bit. This is what you're famous for. Jesus, pretty famous rabbi at this point, with 20 or so folks show up at your door. It's go time, right? Okay. But it says she had a sister called Mary. Okay, good. She's got a partner. She's got help here. Like she's got, she's got somebody who's going to join in the cause and, and we're going to go. These, it, it's good, except in the very next phrase it says, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So this would have meant so much to the first hearers of this story and readers of this story because when it says that Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet, it doesn't mean that Jesus came in, sat on the couch, right? And Mary sat on the floor at his feet. 
That's not what that means. It's a, when the Bible says that, it's a way of saying that Mary made a decision to stay in the room where the, the engagement was happening, where Jesus was teaching and students were learning. She stayed and became a student that evening. She decided to stay there and not go help with the preparation of mashed potatoes and green beans or whatever. Again, in Jesus' day, this would have been a showstopper in this story. This is crazy. No self-respecting rabbi in Jesus' day would ever have allowed a woman to be a student. And no woman would have made that choice, except Mary has the moxie to do that, and Jesus appears to be great with it. And Martha is going to have a problem with this. Continue to read. It says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Let me just stop here, because I think this is like maybe the biggest understatement in the Bible. Let me, uh, let me see if I can explain with a potentially made-up story that may or may not have happened in my household. Maybe it's happened in yours. Let's just do a what-if. Let's just together uh, say it's Sunday afternoon, okay? And let's say there's two of you, you've, maybe you've gone to church, you've done, you know, you've gone to church and all that, and you're home, and uh, there's a football game on, probably Broncos, because Christians are Broncos fans, so uh, you're, let's just say you're, you're uh, stay with me on that, I know it's Viking country, but I, okay, uh, and, and Let's say there's two of you in the house. Let's just say, hypothetically, again, not necessarily admitting this has happened to me, but hypothetically, one of you is on the couch watching the game, and one of you is in the kitchen preparing lunch. Let's just say. Uh, what I think I've heard that sometimes happens in that situation is the person in the kitchen can get frustrated with the person on the couch, maybe. And then sometimes the person in the kitchen starts to make noise. Maybe subtle and polite, but it becomes less subtle and less polite over time. Uh, actually, it becomes, I just have to tell you, sometimes it can get rude, to be real honest. Uh, now, now, if you're in that situation, what does the person on the couch have to do? Yeah, turn the volume up. That's right. That's right. Because the person in the kitchen is making so much noise. That's exactly right. That's exactly what you have to do. And again, this is a total hypothetical situation. But, but what happens in the house is like the overall volume has to just go way up, right? I think that's what's happening actually in this house. Like I think Martha is raising the volume, it is getting loud in the kitchen. I think there's been some uh, in and outs from the kitchen to the living room. There's been some stairs. I think there's been some. Martha, as we're going to see, has had enough, right? So here's what, get this. She, uh, it says, she came to him and asked. She just goes right past Martha, like Martha lost cause, right? I'm going to go straight to Jesus and we're going to get this thing figured out. Okay, she says she goes to him and asks, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 
she is up to here. And, and have you been in a scenario where somebody did something that was sort of awkward, like not sort of what you expected? I bet you could hear a bit of a pin drop for a second there, right? Everybody looks at Martha, looks at Mary, Mary looks at Jesus, and then everybody looks at Jesus. How's he going to respond, right? There's all kind of stuff going here. Listen to Jesus' response. Martha... And then he says it again. Martha, whenever Jesus says your name twice, not awesome, right? <laughs> Something bad may be coming, okay? But he does it. It's more than just saying her name twice. He's emphasizing something here. Remember I told you what her name meant? In Jesus' day, the meaning of names was really a big deal. And Jesus is saying, Martha... I know you're famous for like how the whole thing operates here. I know that your whole identity has wrapped up in how the meal goes and how the night goes. Martha, I know you may be hearing the voice of your parents right now. Like, Martha, you got to get this right. This is, this is the reputation of families on the line, right? Like, Martha, Martha, I know this is who you've become. Think about that, Martha. Martha, Martha. And then he goes on. You are worried and upset about many things. He says, wow, you've got a lot going on. You're stressed and anxious and worried. You've got a lot of things. And you're just on the edge of always boiling over, right? You've got all this stuff going on. Can I, can I take 10 seconds out of the story just to ask, about you right here? Where, how easily angered are you? How stressed, how many, how many things did you come in this morning needing to accomplish or worried about? How are you pushing those around you? And Jesus just says, Martha, Martha, you were never created to live this way, right? Let, I mean, this is the Jesus who says, Today has enough trouble by itself. It's just not, it's just not worry about what's, like, like you, weren't, you weren't created to live this way, Martha. This is not the way that God designed you. You're worried and upset about many things. Martha, actually, there's only one thing that's needed, he said. And Mary has done that. And I'm not going to take that away from her. You say, well, well, if nobody prepares the meal, how do we eat? Remember now, remember, this is Jesus. Like with a fish and a couple pieces of bread, he fed 5,000 people or more, right? He can do mealtime if needed, right? The other option for Martha would have been to say, wow, welcome now. I didn't prepare anything, and I'd love, I'd love to be a student if you're going to teach tonight. Can I do that, and can we figure out the meal another way? That would have been a great choice, right? But Martha can't. That's not who she is. That's not what she's famous for. This is going to be a story going to be told about this event for, as it turns out, thousands of years. She didn't know that, right? But it turns out a long time. 
But Jesus says, no, 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 no. And when he says one thing is needed, he uses the analogy of a buffet. Now, 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 now during COVID and all this, we don't have buffets anymore, but we used to have, remember buffets way back in the day where you could go to a place and there'd be all these options. This is the, the language in the original language that Jesus is using. He's like, he's like, you, you, you're at a buffet and there's one dish that's clearly awesome. And there's a bunch of other okay dishes. And Mary went over and filled her plate with the one that was clearly spectacular and is eating. And I'm not going to walk over and take that from her. That's not what I'm going to do. That's, that's not the truth. You see, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you've been following Jesus now for several months or several years or in some of our cases, a few decades. And as we do that, as we follow him and learn, we get better at like not doing the really bad stuff. Not always, we're not perfect, but we get better at not doing the really destructive things that destroy us and those around us. We get better and better and better at that. But we have an enemy who as that starts to happen in our life, will employ this. He will begin to distract us away from doing what God's really calling us to do in the moment to some other lesser, maybe good thing, maybe even a church-related thing. Maybe even preparing mashed potatoes and green beans is good, and and you need to do those kinds of things, right? But, But he'll distract us with sometimes really good things to keep us from doing the absolute best. I've watched this over the last several months with churches, actually. I've watched churches that were on mission, that were reaching people for Christ. People were coming to know Jesus Christ. Their lives were being transformed. And I've watched as we've walked through what has been just a really difficult time for churches. I've watched entire churches get distracted. And they started fighting other causes and other issues and they've started fighting each other and they've gotten distracted. And they've got very worried and upset about all kinds of issues. Satan will do that to us. He'll do that in our marriages. He'll do that in our families. He'll do that in our personal lives. He will get you focused on maybe some other lesser, maybe good thing, and you'll never live the dream he created you to live because you're distracted and you get worried and focused about other things. This is what he does in our lives, and we have to be so... I remember... uh, I remember, let's see, boy, I don't know how many years ago it had been. I, I actually went to high school here in Brookings, and my first year of college was at South Dakota State. And, 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 and I'll not try to guess how many years ago that was, because I, I know you'd be shocked about how old I really am, because I look so young. But, but, but it was a long time ago, right? And, uh, and, and, and I remember one particular Sunday uh, very, very clearly because of how it would play out that I'd like to just share with you because this is how, this is how for me it got really personal, this Mary Martha story. Because I, I, I struggle with this. I really do. I do church for a living kind of, right? It's going to get easy to struggle with. I, I was, a, a, as I said, I was a freshman in college. So that Sunday morning, I would have come and, and, and I attended here. I attended uh, this church. It was actually in a much smaller building behind me somewhere. But I attended this church. And I remember Sunday school class that particular morning. Then we would have had worship and teaching. And, and it, 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 was, it was just a great Sunday morning, a really great Sunday morning. And then lunch. And then after lunch, I actually went to a Bible study. 
on this campus, on South Dakota State campus, where, where the point of the study that day was reaching our peers, our classmates for Christ, how to extend God's love to them and, and, and introduce a Savior that cared deeply for them. So we spent an hour and a half or so after that, and I remember when that was over, now we would have been mid-afternoon, late afternoon sometime, I remember jumping in my car and immediately getting anxious, quite anxious, because I had an economics test that next morning that, as a typical freshman college student, I'm sorry if that's who you are, but I did not study ahead of time very well. So I get in the car, I'm quite anxious. I notice I'm also pretty much out of gas in my car. So I rush to the nearest, which would have been pretty typical as well, right? So I rush to the gas station. Now, now, some of you won't remember this. It's been a long time, and it was, it was really bad. But back in the day, we could not actually pay with, for our gas by sliding our credit card at the pump. It was horrible. I know most of you don't remember how bad it was, but it was, it was bad. Some of you won't believe this, but you actually had to go inside and pay. Bad, okay, anyway. Well, this, so I, I fill my, my car up, or actually probably didn't fill it up because I couldn't afford to fill it up, but I, I, I put some gas in it. I go into the, the station, I'm in line, and I come, I get up to the cashier and I notice, oh no, the, the, the young lady who was the cashier is actually somebody I had uh, gone to high school with and knew quite well, and she was very talkative. Uh, and I remember to this day thinking, shoot, this could go a long time, and I really need to study for my test. And so I said, she said to me actually, she, hey Wes, how are you? And I don't remember exactly how I responded. Something, you know, like we do, fine, doing well. And you, when somebody asks you how you are doing, you, you, you what? You have to say, how are you? But we have kind of a social contract with each other, right? When we say that, we don't really want to know exactly. You don't have to admit that, but there's a kind of, like, like I don't need to know every detail of your life. You, you, you've got a few answers to pick from. Fine, great, good, surviving, maybe, but, right? We have a kind of a, you know, I don't want your life story. Those of you not agreeing with me, good for you, okay? But this is the way it sometimes can work. When I said, how are you, uh, instead of that, and, and, I'll, and I won't forget this ever. She said, actually, Wes, my life is kind of crappy right now. And then she went on and he began to explain actually some tough stuff that was going on in her life. Uh, She'd, she'd been in a relationship where she'd been mistreated and that had just ended and, and, and uh, she was starting to kind of tell that. And I wish, like I really, really wish I would have just stopped, right? And said, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, how can I help? Let's, let's, cause, cause I was the last in line. Like it was just her and I now in this store. Like, but instead, but instead, I, I responded. I remember responding. I responded politely. I had some, I, I even remember some spiritual stuff that I said. Like, I do remember saying, 
I'm sorry, and I'll be praying for you. Stuff we say, and, and, and on the surface, they're not bad, but they're ways of moving on if you want to, and that's what I was wanting to do. And she continued to tell, and I'm watching my credit card. I get it back. I'm saying some polite things. I remember even some stupid stuff. Like I remember saying at one point, fish in this, more fish in the sea kind of comment. And try, just, just sort of politely encouraging her. I'm walking out the door. I get out the, out the door, rush to my car, jump in, cram for the test, get up the next morning, take the test, have, you know, don't remember much about it these days. Week went on, but it was later in that week when a friend of mine said, he mentioned the name of this young lady, and he said, did you hear about her? And I said, no, and he said she took her life this week. And, and I bet that's one of many times I've missed God's plan in my life, but that's the most memorable by far because God and I have, over the years, done some serious reflection on how I live my life as a Christ follower. And I am deeply saddened by the times I get it wrong. Now, thankfully, I serve a God who gives amazing grace, right? And there's another chance coming, right? And there's another chance coming. And I'm so great. If it wasn't for grace, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a chance. But I, I've thought a lot about that night. I've thought a lot about it from heaven's perspective. Just think about this from heaven's perspective. God created this young lady. And he hoped that she would be in a home in which she would be taught about Jesus' love for us. But that didn't happen. That home made different choices. So she grew up not knowing about the love of Christ. She grew up not having a chance to personally really come face to face with a Jesus who loved her. And I'm quite sure for her whole life, God had been doing everything that she would allow to set up an encounter with the God who created and loved her and sent his only begotten son to die for her. And there came one evening when, when a, 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 a guy had mistreated her and, 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 and left her and she felt alone and abandoned. And, and, and all of heaven must have like hoped, like will she, will she have the guts to say to somebody, actually, I'm not doing well at all. Will she have the guts? And so I'm quite sure God engineered an encounter with a young man who spent his morning in Sunday school worship service, Bible study. I'm quite sure he engineered an encounter and he hoped, he hoped she'd have the guts to say it. To not just when she was asked, how are you doing, to say okay or whatever. She'd have the guts to open up. And oh, how heaven must have celebrated when she said, actually, Wes, my life's really crappy. Man, there must have been celebration in heaven in that moment, right? And there's Wes, 
And he's right there, and it's all set up. And now finally, this young lady's going to get to know a Savior who loves her, right? But Martha was worried and distracted by other things. And that's the way our lives go. That's the way we live our lives. Way, way too much. And I bring this to you because I don't want anybody in the sound of my voice in this room or online or wherever to make a hideous trade with your life. To trade the great calling that God has prepared for you your whole life that happens one simple choice at a time to trade that great life for like green beans. Because that's what we do sometimes. This is how we live. Satan gets us to make these choices. And sometimes the great choice is to serve somebody by preparing a meal. It isn't always the exact choice. But in every moment, Jesus is saying, there's one great choice. And if you take that step, that leads to another choice. And in front of you in each moment is God's calling on your life. And if you follow and you, sometimes it's a hard choice. Sometimes it's not easy, but it's right in front of you and it's the best choice. And God says, if you follow, I have an adventure plan for you. And I'm so worried about all of us that we make this trade, right? We make this trade. Don't do that because there's a world that desperately needs you, desperately needs you all around you. And if you get distracted, it'll all be lost. Father in heaven, I'd like to talk to you for a few moments in the presence of these folks who may be like me don't always get this right. And in their presence, I want to hand off to you the rest of their week to be their teacher. Do the same in my life. We have an enemy who has plans to distract us this week, and if he can't get us to do really bad stuff, he's going to try to distract us in ways that keep us that keep us missing the calling and the moment for which we exist this week and the world will the world will not be changed people's lives won't be changed because we we made this trade we we did some good stuff and some stuff that we do out of duty and habit and some some good stuff but but maybe we missed it and god be our teacher for some of us, wake us up to the world around us and the calling and the, and, and the next step. For others of us, slow us down so that we see and hear what you see and hear. So Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I hand this teaching off to you. This week, you complete it. We'll be your students. We'll set at your feet and we'll follow as you lead us. Amen.